Episode 402 Bit Rot and Somebody Else's Rubbish Hello and welcome and thank you for joining me. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're relaxing, taking it easy, whatever you have to do, working, studying, whatever. And uh, I often say that uh, a lot of people that have uh, expressed uh, some <laughs> response review to what I do uh, appear to be the consensus is to put me on low in the background when you're doing something else. So I won't be hopelessly offended <laughs> if you're doing, uh, yeah, doing stuff that you have to do um, whilst I'm uh, talking in the background. So don't feel I have to have your full undivided attention. Um, I think as I've got older, I'm 50 November, I feel I do have a habit sometimes of repeating myself. Now, in some ways, to a lot of people, this particular trait could be quite annoying and repetitive. But I did think that if it's um, if I'm on low in the background and you missed a bit, well, if I'm on the, in the background long enough, you're going to catch it all. <laughs> so anyway, the first thing I'm going to be uh, talking about um, today, now, I was going to say this evening... Um, it is this evening for me, but it might not be for you, so sort of doesn't make any sense. So, for at the moment, um, by the way, it's July 2021 as I'm recording this. Um, I don't know if that makes much of a difference, to be honest. Um, we're sort of coming out of lockdown. I've had a couple of jabs. Uh, Ireland trailing behind the rest of Europe is slowly opening up um, to travel and sitting together in a pub. Can you imagine an island? <laughs> An island like Ireland, <laughs> where you couldn't sit around together in a pub and have the crack and have, you know, a bit of social interaction and a few beers. I mean, wow. Anyway, enough about that. Bit rot is the first uh, subject of the day. Um, and I, I've sort of known about this uh, particular thing for quite a while. Uh, and uh, I did have a concern about it. So uh, I know there's a lot of you out there who know exactly what this is. But I'm going to explain it anyway. <laughs> um, and obviously, if I'm on low in the background, you can probably do something a bit intense now where you're not really listening to me, if you know what this is already. Of course, if you don't know what this is, then you might want to listen a bit more, you know. <laughs> so, bit rot. Um, essentially, uh, we record uh, lots of things, data from computers uh, on uh, magnetic media, right? Um, it's still very much... Uh, prevalent um, as it's a low cost storage, even though we have things like uh, SSDs and, and other things like that, um, we still use um, old hard disk drives which rely on, on magnetism um, to basically store the data. Uh, and, and I think, in very simple terms, it's almost like a polarity thing it's either a zero or one, um, and each little tiny piece of information a bit makes up, um, well, a nibble's half a byte. <laughs> But eight of them make up a bite, don't they, and, and so on. And it's not very relevant, the technicalities. But the one thing that's very interesting about magnetism, and we, we know this from the Earth's magnetic field, is that it's it fluctuates, you know, it's not constant. Um, and depending where you are in the world, depending on if you've got motors or equipment that uses magnets, if they're in the vicinity of a hard drive, a hard disk that stores data. Over a period of time, what can happen is these bits spontaneously reverse, uh, and it's called bit rot. So essentially, 
Um, if we do in a, it's very, in very simple terms, if you had a hard disk, a hard drive, magnetic spindle, you start uh, an image on there, a file or something, you know, something important. <laughs> and then, you know, it's powered up and you leave it for a thousand, a thousand years. Let's go for, let's go for broke. Go, go broke or go home. Go big or go home. <laughs> so go for a thousand, you come back to that file a thousand years later and um, it's not the same file. So basically the um, ambient, shall we say, magnetism, whether it's from motors, whether it's natural, the changes in magnetism, some of those bits will have flipped. And the longer you go on, the more it gets worse. Okay, so uh, in simple terms, you put a file on a hard disk, you leave it a long time, and when you come back to it, it's not the same as it was. <laughs> it's definitely going to be corrupted and maybe beyond the point of where it's useful. It's called bit rot, and it's a, it's well known, and it's a it's become about really because we store so much on digital media, and for and we expect it to still be there when we come to look at it. You know, so I have um, hundreds of gigabytes of photographs over the last twenty years of, of my kids, mostly, uh, and holiday destinations, and I'm sure there's the odd photograph of me in there as well, which I wouldn't mind losing. But uh, <laughs> the point is, these are things you'd like to treasure, preserve, uh, if not for me, then maybe when I've decided to, you know, depart the mortal coil, then at least the kids will have something to look back on and there's something there, you know. So I have a NAS box, um, it's basically three uh, eight terabyte hard disks. Um, they are NAS disks, they're, I think they're uh, Western Digital Reds or something like that. And they're brilliant and it's fine and you know what, that'll... That stores everything I have, all, all the imagery, digital imagery, you know, from the dawn of the digital camera. Uh, is there, you know, so going back to, I mean, it's a bit a bit raw, but 1999, I've got some images, very poor quality, and as the kids have got older, you know, the quality gets better, and then you've got video, and you got 4K, and ironically, if you have a 4K video, and you lose a few bits, or a video, high quality, you lose a few bits, it's probably not too bad, you know, but when you have an image, a static still image, you have less data, and yeah, you know, less to reconstruct in a way, I suppose in the video it would become like noise, and noise can be repaired. As long as you've got some good frames, you know, in the video, you can repair it, you know. But if you, when you've got one image, and I still, even traditional cameras, I'm still in awe that these things are like time machines. That they take a picture, and it's held. It's held in time for, well, potentially forever, if it's stored correctly, you know. So anyway, getting back to BitRot. So I've got this NAS box, right? And I've got loads of images of the kids and stuff and videos and things I'd like to keep. Maybe when I'm not here anymore, it'd be nice to pass it on. And it's not its not the medium for that, if I'm honest. It's not ideal for that. But I still don't have it on alternate mediums, really. And I have SSD in my machine. I haven't got a large SSD flash storage to put it on. And that has its own issues as well. But um, just talking about BitRot anyway, so... What I do do is I do push it up to the cloud, okay? Uh, and it's like a non-return push up to the cloud. So it's not syncing uh, directly with the NASBox. So it's not making sure it's a mirror image. But whenever I create a file on my NASBox, it's copied up into the cloud. It's actually copied up into a couple of locations. Uh, I use Wasabi as one place I put it. Another place I use is obviously the Microsoft um, one drive is another place. So, and the way it works is it, it doesn't all continuously mirror. So if the file on my NAS box degrades, in theory, I should have a good copy in the cloud. But bear in mind, 
that that's probably stored on a magnetic disk in the cloud. Hence, having more than one cloud. So, there's a few ways you can mitigate the problems of bit rot. I don't think you can ever really get rid of it, but there are things you can do. So I have I have my NAS box, and it's a, it's a great it's a great one. It's the uh, it's a ready NAS um, uh, box that I have. Um, I'm trying to remember the model number now. It's, it's gone for me now, but I think it's something like two one one anyway. You know, and um, what's nice about it is it has this option, this little tick box, um, uh, bit rot. Um, well, does it say protection or prevention? I don't think it guarantees anything, if I'm honest. <laughs> but it says this is to mitigate bit rot. This option. I don't want to. I don't want to cast too much of a. This does everything, and this is brilliant, and all the rest of it. You know, I think it's Netgear. Yeah, it's Netgear. Um, the ready, ready NAS box. So anyway, I enabled it, um, and all my drives that I have. Obviously, I've got the drives with the photos, the kids, documents, um, you know, home movies and stuff like that. I enabled it, you know, and. Uh, and for a long time, um, I, I was fine with that. I, you know, I didn't notice anything, you know, and uh, everything was still there. Any files I've got going back 20 years, still, they are still there. The files are fine. So I think I have mitigated uh, the bit rot. But very recently, uh, something changed. And uh, basically what's happened is I've been evaluating my uh, home infrastructure. Um, I suppose as a lot of you probably were, they do work from home, work remotely. Um, and I'm very dependent on like things like the internet, you know, and uh, stuff like that. So I, I invested recently in a, in a Cisco RV340 um, router. And it's for small businesses and home offices. And it's not too expensive. I think it's a few hundred euro. It wasn't too bad. But what I let you do is you can have two ISPs. So you have two WANs. And then you have your local area network um, and all your local devices. So fairly early on, um, I decided that all my devices will be cabled in. I'm going to use cables. I'm not going to use wireless Wi-Fi. There's all sorts of reasons why. Um, it's quite heavily saturated at 2.4 gigahertz where I live. Um, a lot of devices are using TKIP, which is insecure as well. And I was having a lot of disconnects with the Virgin Media um, DSL. and sorry, Virgin Media cable modem, not DSL. Um, and the, the Wi-Fi was disconnected, and usually in the middle of a meeting, in the middle of a WebEx, you know, one of these powerful meetings, or middle of a Teams meeting or something, you know, and you, you it drop and you, oh, you know. And then again, it, whenever it dropped, you had to restart the router, and oh, man, it was rubbish. So I went for the Cisco. Um, so I'm using Virgin Media's coming in. I've got a 15-meter cable from downstairs up to the office. Um, and I, at the same time, I've also got an eighth-port Cisco uh, manage switch as well so that's to give me enough capacity because of the devices that I have in my office and in the house uh, and one of those devices is the the NAS box the ready NAS box you know and it's uh it has two one gig connections which are uh, actually teamed or like a trunk uh, around Robin to give me extra capacity so it means um, most of my important information whether it's business related or documents or anything is all on there you know so once I so I relocated my primary um, house router, my Cisco, to my office. That's the logical place to have it, of course. Um, it meant it was better to move the, um, the NAS box as well into the office. So I, I, I brought it upstairs, the NAS box, and I put it under the table. And all was good. Now, there's a few fan settings for it for the cooling. I used to have it on cool, which is quite noisy. But it had a quiet mode, which worked really well. So I put that in. And it was great until <laughs> until the uh, the bit rot uh, mitigation kicks in. So it's very hard for me to describe the noise that it makes 
but in very general terms, it is one of the most repetitive, annoying sounds I have ever heard. And it never seems to stop. So the very few periods of um, silence are disrupted um, in an irregular fashion by what can only be described as a woodpecker clicking twice, three times in a rhythmic manner in the most irritating and annoying fashion that can only be compared to the Chinese water torture where repetition drives you insane. <laughs> so there you are. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do about this. Um, I could, um, maybe it's time to relocate um, the Nasbox again somewhere else. I mean, let's, well, to be honest, I've got a mining rig um, with, I don't know, 10 fans, multiple power supplies making lots of noise in the back bedroom. Maybe I should move it there, you know. I mean, the only downside I have with that is I'm using a power line adapter to get the network from the back bedroom to the office. And it's not the best, you know. That wouldn't give me the sort of performance I'd like to have to me Nasbox. So, anyhow, yeah, so that's uh, that's bit rocks. Um, and I think it's important that you're aware of it, that, you know, because you've stored something on a hard disk, it's not permanent, it's not there forever. Uh, and in the similar vein, uh, a few years ago, um, I was exploring um, options for permanence, for storing, you know, photographs, heirlooms, anything that's so important that you might want to hand it down through the generations to make it more permanent, to give it some permanence. And there is, there is a way, and uh, <laughs> it's extremely expensive. And that way is quartz. Apparently, you can write data into quartz. Um, there is a method to do it. It's in a binary fashion that apparently in future generations will be able to decipher and work out how to decode and read. Um, and apparently it will last for a billion years. And I thought, you know what? In any, any reasonable, um, <laughs> I don't know, um, way, a billion years is a long time. That might as well be forever, hasn't it? So, um, so I thought I quite like that idea, but I think the only problem is it's insanely expensive. And uh, I think there are things being recorded to it now. I think there are um, certain very specialist things that have been recorded, maybe by governments, um, state agencies, you know, people with loads of money, uh, to, you know, to leave something behind um, that'll last uh, millennia. So, <laughs> somebody else is rubbish. Well, yeah, I suppose when you think a bit rot, I always think of rubbish, and when you think of something rotten, it's terrible, isn't it? Um, but I had an interesting experience anyway. Um, and it was just before I started to record this, so I, I wanted to uh, get it recorded for posterity, you know. So I'm pretty tired today. Um, I, do, I do work quite hard. Um, yeah. uh, not in a physical sense, hell no. Um, but it's only in a mental, logical way. I'm quite intense. Um, and uh, I don't know, 10 hour days are quite normal for me, I suppose. Um, certainly eight hours, and it would be a large part of the day I'd be uh, thinking, <laughs> yeah, thinking and scripting and, you know, doing things. So anyway, I was tired, and uh, I normally, I do normally cook for myself. It's a big deal for me. I want to eat healthy, always on an eating healthy thing, you know, but sometimes you're just too tired to bother. So I ended up ordering in, and uh, I always aim for something healthy. I avoid the real unhealthy stuff, you know. So I ordered from, there's a place called Boxty House, um, in, well, they're in Temple, I think they're in Temple Bar, um, but obviously the restaurant's been closed during COVID, and they've been at a place, a, a delivery service in Tala, um, in Dublin, not far from where I live. 
and uh, I decided to uh, to order in. So I ordered in some chicken and whatever, you know. And the, the service is pretty fast. If I'm honest, the food isn't the best in the world, but it's fast. It's round the corner, you know. So I arrived, and the delivery driver gave it to me. Nice chap, smiling. There you go. Enjoy your food. Thank you very much. Shut the door. I had, had the food. The food was very nice, um, actually. It was very good. Um, I think the biggest issue I have with it is there's, they're in cardboard boxes, and there seems to be a lot of condensation in the box. So you have to get out of the box as quick as possible. But anyway, that's by the by. So your man went, and that was it. And uh, well, today is uh, Tuesday night, and uh, the excitement and interest of a Tuesday night for me is I have to put my bins out. And if you're listening from the US, you know you where you put your refuse. Uh, we put them in these uh, wheelie bins, and uh, we wheel it to the. Uh, I don't know if you call it the perimeter, but basically the pavement or the sidewalk. And uh, tomorrow, at some point, a, a wagon will come and take it away, empty them you know, empty the rooms the bins and, and leave the empty uh, wheelie bins behind. It sounds like a simple process, doesn't it? So anyway, I have it set, I have a reminder on me, uh, on my phone to remind me to put the bins out. Uh, I, I mean, tonight was the green bins, and I have two of them, which I'm very lucky for, and it's for cardboard. And since COVID and everything else, I've been producing, generating a huge amount of cardboard. Now, don't get me wrong, it's not me personally that's produ producing this cardboard, it's um, Amazon mainly. Amazon and a few other companies where you get an item and they've only so many sizes of boxes. And if it's a little, I had a keyboard delivered there um, from one company and the box was massive. And I knew it was because the length of the keyboard box was quite long. So the only box they had was like a real massive one filled with more paper. So anyway, my front room has been my go-to place to, to put all the cardboard on paper. And that's sort of a bad idea. I mean, in theory, I should just take it out as soon as it arrives, but it's just so much of it, you know? So anyway, I have these two green bins, and they're full now. They're very full. And uh, I've still got cardboard in my front room, but anyway, I'll put that in the bins when they're empty tomorrow. <laughs> so I went to the bins after the delivery driver had been, had the food, relaxed, said, oh, put the bins out. The rain had just stopped, gonna put the bins out. So I went to the bins, and the first thing that I noticed, one of my green bins, the lid wasn't closed. Now... I do have a bit of a, a rule that I try and stick to with the bins. I don't know if it's been a bit OCD or a bit strange, but I try and make sure the lid closed, at least reasonably closed. You know, but this lid was right up in the air. And of course, the first thing I saw was a bag of rubbish that wasn't mine, you know. <laughs> and I thought, you know, what would you do about this? What's, what's the answer here? So anyway, I put some, I've got some gloves, um, you know, the disposable. I'm not going to say surgical gloves. They're not sterile, so they're not surgical. But the gloves you can put on, you know, to protect your hands from stuff. I put them on and I took the bag out because it was a sealed bag. Put it to one side, put the green bins out. I thought, right, let's analyse this bag. So I took it in the house. And I put it in the kitchen. Now, it was sealed. Okay, there was no holes in it, so it wasn't smelly or anything. And looking at it, it was primarily cans of full-strength, full-sugar coke that were in it. And there was quite a few. There were about 30 tins in there, along with other unidentifiable things, because it was like a green plastic, you know, almost see-through. So I put it in the kitchen, and I, I looked at it for a moment. I went, hold on a second. I've got a camera. I've got my video doorbell. Anybody goes near those bins, I've got them on camera. So I cast, I washed my hands, took the gloves off, washed my hands, went upstairs, went on to ring.com and had a look. And I'm looking at the video footage and, you know, all, all day I've been looking at, you know, from this morning onwards, look, this, you, you alerted a few times to motion. So basically the way the video doorbell works, it's got two modes. It can be alerted by motion 
Or by a, a, a bell press. Now, a bell press usually includes motion as well because you've got to go up to the bloody thing, you know. And I know the bins are covered by that, so I thought, well, I've got to see this. So I started looking just for today, looking at this morning. Uh, I do see myself now. Um, it's always a bit of a shock seeing myself. I've got to sort of go, who's that doddery old git? You know, oh, it's Jesus, me. Um, yeah, it's funny seeing yourself when you don't have to see yourself very often. But <laughs> it was me. I thought, oh, that's the thing. Well, I knew it wasn't me putting stuff in the bin. So I was going forward and forward. And then um, I don't know when the delivery guy came. Say it was 6 p.m. he came. Um, and so I got up to about 5 p.m. And there's only me um, on there. There's no there's no one going in the bins. And then there's the delivery guy ringing the doorbell. I thought, aye, aye, here we go. You know, and the bin, I looked at that. You could see the bin lid from the camera. Up until that point, it was down. It was how I left it. Anyway, he rings the doorbell. He's smiling, gives me the food and goes. And he goes back to the car. And I went, aye, aye, what's going on here? <laughs> and as he got back to the car and he was putting his, you know, the heater thing that he put the food in, he threw it on the back seat. And as he did so, he turned and looked at my bins. He could see my bins. It was in his eye line, you know, beyond my car, like in the drive. And at that point, he made a decision. <laughs> and he reached down into the back of his car and he got this green bag of rubbish. <laughs> and he brought it up and he put it in my green bin and then drove off. Captured on camera. So there's a few things going on here, right? So I want to make this clear. That, uh, you know, if, if he'd have said to me, can I put some rubbish in your bin? I would have probably said yes. Um, it was probably a stupid of me to say yes to that because they're actually very full. Um, and from when he did put the rubbish in the bin without my permission, the bin was wide open. I mean, there's two things gone wrong here. Firstly, the bin was full before he put it in. And secondly, it's been there, so I'm going to see it, aren't I? And th well, third, we've got for the third one. I've got a video camera as well, haven't I? So at first I thought it was someone on the street, but then I go, well, no one would be. Everyone's got their own bin on the street. You know, it's not like it's a big deal. Of course, you do have to pay for these things. You don't pay for green bins directly in Ireland, but you pay for the normal bin and you get like a credit. So you can have, to, if you're not in credit in your account for your normal bin, you don't, you can't don't get your green bin collected. So anyway, I thought, what do I do now? I know who it is. It's from the restaurant. So I rang the restaurant and, uh, I think I'm quite polite, you know. And I rang the restaurant and I basically said, uh, I just had some food delivered. It was lovely, by the way. It was very nice, the food. Yeah, really filling, tasty, awesome. Great. But could you ask the delivery man to come back and collect the rubbish that he's left in my bin? <laughs> Can he come back and collect it? And your man on the phone, oh, he was mortified. He goes, oh, well, uh, we don't supply the driver. That's just eat. Ah, is it? And he says to me, I can give you the number. I said, yes, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> and I said, thank you very much for the food. It was great. So I got a Just Eat number to ring. And uh, I had my order number as well, because you need that with these uh, tech services, don't you? Um, I, I get a feeling Just Eat, it's a bit like selling, uh, I don't know, it's like selling old rope, isn't it? It's just, what are they actually selling? I mean, they're sort of like an agency, aren't they? A broker. You could even say a pimp, if you want to use that phrase. Because um, they don't actually do any delivering and they don't make the food, do they? You know, what are they providing here? But anyway, yeah, I'm going to ring these guys. Here we go. And I did, of course. And uh, I rang up and uh, it's quite nice, actually. When you ring through, you get two options. You know, press one for this, press two for that. So you press one if you're a restaurant, I think. And you press two if you're a customer. So I don't know if they get some, you know, white glove service or whatever. But uh, they, he's going to need some white gloves now to get rid of this rubbish out of my bin. <laughs> Anyway, so our, our option two, and it was very quickly answered. I was quite impressed now, and uh, 
I don't know who where, where the guy was from. Um, you know where he, he could have been in Dublin somewhere. You know, but he was Indian. It was fine. And uh, he said, "How can I help you this evening?" Very polite. You know, I like that. Politeness doesn't cost anything, even if it's fake. I'll have it, please. Thank you very much. So, so yeah, yeah. It's uh, regarding this order, and uh, I said it's been delivered, and the food's great. But uh, I'd like you, um, I'd like you to come and pick up the rubbish that your delivery driver left in my bin. <laughs> and there was like a shocked pause and the silence on the phone and I wondered at that moment has this never happened before? Do people not complain about this? Do people just go with it? So in the silence I said, um, I wanted to break the silence obviously, I said um, do you want the order number? <laughs> and he goes, oh yeah, yes, yes, what's the order number you know? And he said, I'm so sorry that's happened to you once, once you thought it through. I said, okay well this is the number. So I gave him the number. It's a long number like nine digits. And uh, you never know when to pause. I don't know if you do give you three numbers first and wait, you know, you're four. Sometimes you give four and then there's silence. And, well, you know there's more than four numbers here. But anyway, I gave him the numbers and he said, okay, he said, I've got your order up here now. You know, he's, I don't know if we'll be able to uh, get the driver back again to pick the rubbish up. I said, well, listen, it doesn't matter. You can send anybody back to pick the rubbish up. Um, I mean, you're responsible. He's your driver, just eat. So, And this is a legal tipping, so... Yeah, I mean, send anybody. And to be honest, if you're in Dublin, do you want to hop in your car and get it? I mean, it's here anyway. It's waiting for you on the doorstep, you know. <laughs> and it's, oh, it's, oh, yeah, I'm messaging him now, so they must have some text message arrangement going on, you know. I mean, nobody talks to anybody anymore, did he? I, I love that, because when I do get to talk to someone, I tear shreds out of them, you know. But anyway, in a nice way now, I never get angry. But um, And then there's a bit of a pause. I'm trying to get up now. I said, okay, so, so, so what happens now? You know, and there's a silence, you know. I said, it, I said, it sounds like you don't know what happens now. I said, well, I think pretty certain what's going to happen now is you're going to get hold of him and he's going to come and pick this rubbish up, isn't he? <laughs> and he said, oh, I'm trying to get hold of him now. We'll do our best. I'm so sorry it's happened to you, you know. So that, anyway, I hung up and he went and I was fine, you know. And I was on the, I was there and I was thinking, I feel, there's a part of me feel I'm being real tough on this guy, you know. He's a really shit job delivering fast food. And that's probably his second job. That's not even his main job, you know. So I did get this feeling over me a bit like am I being an arsehole here I and mean, it's very easy sometimes for me to fall into the trap of being an arsehole so I didn't want that so I said listen I'm gonna make it easy for him I'll leave the bag of rubbish on the doorstep <laughs> anyway as I've been recording this um I saw a hooded figure uh coming in from down the road I think uh, his girlfriend's driving the car and down the road and uh, a hooded figure sheepishly came up the drive picked up the rubbish from the uh, doorstep and disappeared into the night. <laughs>